Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnigi, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, doing great. Uh, I guess uh, Merry Christmas once again from yesterday. Happy Boxing Day to everyone listening overseas. Uh, as we're going live right now, watching uh, Liverpool on my screens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a very good weekend. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you might celebrate. But I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Didn't get to watch as much football as I wanted to. Obviously, we had big festivities both on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I did, however, get to sit down and see my Giants the entire game. I watched the first half on my phone when my family and I were driving up north, uh, north up to North Jersey to see my relatives. Watch the second half, sitting down. I'll get to my thoughts about that later. But first, Robert, let's recap the week. So I did very well in my picks. I was eleven and four against the spread leading into tonight's game. I really only missed with the Jets. I missed with the Patriots. I missed with the Eagles. That was a bit of a bad luck game. And then I missed yesterday with the Bucks, But let's talk about the trends. What are we looking at? How did favorites do versus underdogs and overs and unders? Yeah, great. So, Ali, I kind of broke this up day after day. Obviously, we had a ton of games on Saturday, then a few, of course, on Christmas Day Sunday. Uh, so I kind of broke it up across two days when the Steelers rallied to beat the team that I'm not going to ever talk about, 13-10. to 10. Uh, They ended up covering as two-point home favorites. Stayed under the bet total that we closed at at 37 and a half points. I know, listeners, I know. You're you're really asking me, really? We're really going to still do this five minutes into the podcast? We're really still not going to call out that team? Yes. Yes, I'm not going to call it out. <laughs> Allie might be able to add some foresight as to who the Steelers beat. But if you don't know, it's really, really easy to find out. So Saturday, favorites went eight and three straight up, seven and four against the spread. Home teams went seven and four straight up and six and five against the spread and unders led six to five. Bit of a different story on Christmas Day. The Buccaneers, of course, rallied to beat the Cardinals 19-16 in overtime. They didn't cover as seven and a half point road favorites. It did stay under the betting total of 42. Dogs went two and one straight up and swept three and zero against the spread on Christmas. Road teams two and one straight up, but home teams were two and one against the spread. Unders two and one. See a theme here. So on the season alley, all the way through 16 weeks, well, not counting today's Charger game, favorites are now 151, 82, and two straight up with four pickums, while dogs improved to 125, 103, and seven pushes against the spread. That's almost a 55% clip. Uh, home teams dip to 128, 103, and two straight up with the six neutral site games. And only 116, 111, and six pushes against the spread. That's 51%. Unders, really significant here. Unders lead 131 to 106. That's 55%. And primetime unders, 30 and 19 with one push. That's 61% against the spread. Interesting. And I love betting primetime unders. I think about every Thursday night game, I took the under this year. It helped. It's helped me so far, including the other night. With the Jets and Jaguars, since I am in New Jersey, I have been able to play some bets from the comfort of my phone. I did bet on the Steelers on Saturday night against the team that Robert will refuse to name. So I did cash in on that. I cashed in. I told you on the podcast the other day, I love the Packers. I cashed in on that money line. Very good. 
And then I did take the under in last night's Bucks game. So aside from my pick and pools, I had a good betting week. I only lost two bets. I lost the Eagles game, which that was a bit of a bad beat. We'll get to in a little bit. And I also lost the under, which was pretty much shot at the at halftime in the Rams game yesterday. So anyway, let's start out with obviously the Giants and the Vikings, because I have a lot to say about this, Robert. The Giants, I will first start up by saying I couldn't have been more impressed with Daniel Jones's play that game. The Giants fans have been clamoring for him to set up, step up all year. That was the game he stepped up in. It reminded me a lot, Robert, in 2007 when the when the Giants played the undefeated New England Patriots and the Giants only lost by three, but it was kind of a moral victory. I felt like yesterday was a moral victory. We went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the game. Say what you want about the Vikings, and I'm one of their biggest critics, but their record – says otherwise they are 12 and three. I thought that interception that was overturned by a replay, say what you want. I thought it was an interception. I know people say elsewhere. Daniel Jones did have a late interception that I didn't think was so much of his, his fault, more like it was a very good play by the defensive uh, back, uh, Patrick Peterson. But what I'm trying to say, Robert, is even the loss, I was very impressed with this team. How about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I mean, look, this is just another game this season where we talk about how Daniel Jones had a solid game, but in a loss. Uh, it's, um, I think it's the first time in his career that he had over 350 yep. yards and at least a 70% completion rate. So, I mean, it's it's a fantastic performance. And I, I really don't understand how, you know, really – what more you could take away from it if, if they would have not been victim to a, a career long field goal uh, by, I think it was Joseph on the Vikings. Yep. Yep. You know, we're, we're, we're having a completely, completely different conversation about the last two weeks of the season, Allie. Listen, I felt that like the Giants were the better team in that game. Kirk Cousins got away with two passes that should have been interceptions. I mentioned the one that was over, t- that was was reviewed and overturned. He he should have had one on the first drive of the game that I believe our, our safety just dropped, flat out dropped. Then the Vikings got lucky with that block punt at the end that allowed them to get the field goal. I thought that the Vikings got lucky when Richie James dropped what should have been an easy third down conversion. That went against us. And Daniel Bellinger fumbled the ball when we were driving. I thought more it was my it was the Giants' mistakes that lost the game than the Vikings actually playing well. What did you think, Robert? Yeah, no, you could definitely say that as we take a peek into the team stats. It absolutely calls just to that. I mean, <laughs> Giants put up 445 yards of offense, right? So anytime you do that and you're somewhat efficient on third down, I I wouldn't say they were they were completely clipping properly, but look, uh, 24 points typically on the road. You're 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 looking at a very fair shot at a win. I mean, they had it right. They had it right there at the, until the very very end. Uh, but it's it, ultimately it's those it's that last drive that got it from Minnesota. Uh, everything that you look at, you know, from the metrics was good. Perhaps the only thing we could probably point to once again it's it's the turnovers, right? So the two turnovers for the Giants uh, again zero for Minnesota. That probably was the the really big turning point because. Pretty much everything else was kind of right down the middle. First downs were even 23 apiece. Time of possession was right down to the second. 
it, honestly, if, if you didn't turn the ball over those two times, you probably pick up the win. There's a very good chance that the Giants can play the Vikings round one of the wild card round. Robert, if you see these two teams in a rematch, because it will be in Minnesota, would you still give the edge to the Vikings? Or do you think the Giants were the better team this time they would win? They definitely were the better team. Uh, I would definitely not open it up uh, with Minnesota as a four-point favorite. I'd probably bring it down to uh, three instead and then see where that goes. Yeah, I I, I don't want to just turn this podcast episode into talking about the Giants because I could. But I want to emphasize that even after that game, I read some articles, people were still knocking Daniel Jones. I mean, Robert, the guy did everything he could. He he was phenomenal. I, it was the first time I've really seen Kafka, the offensive coordinator, open him up. I mean, they weren't just dumping off short three, four yard passes. Jones was throwing down the field. He was throwing nice, you know, 12 to 15 yard slants. Is this the Daniel Jones that we need to see that maybe just his offensive coordinators in the past were holding him back? What do you think? Yeah, I, I look. So if he could do this with this, this, this caliber of, of targets to throw to, then I'd say that's pretty impressive at this point. Look, when, when we draft, <laughs> when yeah, we, when we drafted Daniel Jones, man, I just broke everything in the house, remotes, TVs getting just, screamed at with you know obviously no I was just in an echo chamber I was just really upset with the pick because I thought we could have drafted someone else in that in that draft but it was you know it, it just takes a bit of a learning curve and look they, they see what his capabilities are now Ali and I think that he's he's grown into who he is this is peak Daniel Jones no way in the world we're pinning this on him if he plays like this for you know, for the rest of his career, you know, we've got ourselves a, a darn good quarterback right now. Now it's just a matter of, of finding some difference makers on defense. Yeah, and I'm really confident going forward. I do think, you know, we can't really dissect the Colts yet because they haven't played yet this week. But I think next Sunday we will beat the Colts at home. The Colts are just in shambles. They're a mess. And then we'll have to face the Eagles, which depends on if the Eagles start their starters week 18, but I think we're going to get into the playoffs. I'm really confident about that. If, if the giants get into the playoffs, Robert, do you see kind of shades of 2007 when we went into the playoffs as an eight and eight team, I believe, and just went to the super bowl, or do you think that we're still, there's too many injuries. The defense isn't as good. What do you think? Okay, great. So I I'm, Harkening back to those years where we kind of snuck in late. Uh, this is a bit different, Ali. I'm afraid to say that they're just not the, the road that the Giants would have to take and the teams that they would have to beat. They're so, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, look, we could laugh and point fingers at the point differential of the Minnesota Vikings, which. Oh, God. Makes, what is it, five? And, Right, it's five. It, it it makes no sense at all how they have that many wins with with a point differential that tiny. Uh, just shows the, the the level of luck that they have. It just, Ali, I, I just don't. In in my opinion, if if the Giants make it in, we should be thrilled with that. If they win, if they win a wild card game, uh, standing five minute applause and, and thank them for an incredible season. That's per, for me. That's a massive success for them this year. 
Totally agree. And I think that the Vikings are very beatable in the playoffs. I don't think the 49ers would be. Obviously, the Eagles will most likely get the bye, but I don't think they will. So, all right, well, let's move on to, as we were talking about the Eagles, the Eagles and Cowboys were the primetime game. Well, it was the afternoon game uh, that everyone was watching on Sunday, on Saturday. Gardner Minshew stepped in for Jalen Hurts. I thought he did a great job. He did look a little shaky at the beginning. He had a turnover. But I think that this was a game where his players just let him down. Miles Sanders had a big fumble. There, there was another. The the uh, Boston Scott had a fumble in the handoff. I thought that the Eagles were the better team, even with Jalen Hurts out. What was your take on this game, Robert? Yeah, I mean, look, good, good on Gardner, right? He he put forth a, a fantastic performance for him. Uh, you know, was picking up almost nine yards per pass attempt. Uh, look, it's. It's far above and beyond what I thought he was going to be able to produce. Uh, you know, going 24 of 40, I think, was his number. And then, you know, he threw the two interceptions. That that leads to points. Four total turnovers for, for the Eagles aren't going to win any kind of game, regardless of who's the quarterback. Dallas did what they needed to do. I mean, they literally uh, – I mean, look, let's Cowboys fans just pump the brakes for a moment here, right? Yes. He did 40 points. Right, so you're 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 definitely clicking offensively, but let's just, you know, the Eagles' offense. Honestly, I think they showcased a fraction of their playbook, uh, you know, without Hurts, you know, and they still had a chance to win at the end, Ali. Yeah, I was I I saw the first half of this game, and then about the third quarter, then I did not see the fourth quarter when they blow it. I did see highlights though, but I thought the Eagles were still the better team. Gardner Minshew is two interceptions. One, I think you could blame more on the receiver that dropped it. But Dak Prescott didn't really – he has a good stat line. He threw three touchdowns. He threw 347 yards. But I don't know, Robert. I just wasn't wowed by him again. Like, is this Cowboys team just way too overrated? What do you think? Cool. Tough to overrate a team that's 8-1 and at home. I mean, look – they're, they're going to obviously have to play a game on the road. They're, this is this is going to be the Eagles, uh, the, the Eagles' path uh, for the NFC, in, in just my humble opinion. But you know they're they're going to have to win on the road, uh, and and that's obviously where they're going to have, you know, all of their problems show up and all of their sores appear. So it's going to probably have to come down to that, and it's going to be great because now we're going to see the the true matchup. Look. We we could clearly see Dak Prescott's just been, uh, he's the amount of interceptions that he's thrown this this year versus previous has been way way up. Yeah, and um, he's missed games too. That's missed games on top of that. So I, I don't think that we're looking at the best that Dallas can do yet, um, and, and that's really honestly not going to match up to what the Eagles can do come well p- potential NFC Championship game. If you look, if the playoffs were to start today, Robert, you would have the Cowboys facing the Bucks in Tampa Bay. What would be the line on that game? Cowboys uh, at Tampa. Yep. Probably go Dallas three. Wow, they'd be favored on the road, huh? Yeah, I'd Man. say Dallas three. If you give me three points with Tom Brady in the playoffs, I don't care what the Bucs have been doing all year. That's just too good to pass up. What do you think? Right. Okay. So, and then I'll add something here. If in week 18, Tristan Wirfs comes back, 
uh, allow me to redact and lower that to one and a half. Okay. I think, I think if we get Worfs back, why did I say we? If the Tampa Bay Bucks get Worfs back, uh, I, I guess that's my Cowboys anti-bias. I don't know. Um, so I, I just think if if uh, Worfs comes back 100% healthy, he's a massive difference maker for Tom Brady and his offense, and then look out. <laughs> uh, so, hey, I rarely talk futures, but if, if you're looking for a futures bet, Tampa might not be a bad price right now if you really think that Worfs can come back. Because uh, if he does, he'll be a massive, massive difference maker. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the final game I want to highlight. This was the big one yesterday, Packers and Dolphins. Robert and I both like the Packers to cover with the chance of an upset last week. I mentioned that I took the Packers on the money line yesterday. I was very confident that they were going to at least cover, but I thought that they would win. They did. Robert, Packers right back in the playoff hunt. So let me ask you straight up. Yeah. Will the Packers make the playoffs? I don't believe that we're talking about this. I know uh, with, uh, with with Mark enjoying the victory, I'm sure he's probably going to want to listen in and hear what we have to say about oh, yeah. this. There is absolutely a path right now for the Packers to make it into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, look, it's 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 incredible how this season is playing itself out and 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 where it's going right now. I think, look. It's if the commanders lose one of their next two games and the Packers can beat the Vikings, it's going to set up for Packers, Lions, winners take all to get into the playoffs. And if this happens, you know, you know, the Vikings could then follow the third seed and set up a Niners Packers rematch again. There's so much that's still at hand right here. Uh, look, they, they went on the road and they, really look really efficient against the Miami Dolphins team that they're they're just they're just not really interested in December football alley no. the best way to put it right now and it's just doesn't make any sense because Green Bay built you know you know built the win with barely 300 yards of total offense crazy I from what I took away with that game I think that everyone just jumped on the Dolphins bandwagon way too early. Robert, like I was looking at their wins again. Besides, take away that game, that ridiculous game where they beat the Ravens. The Dolphins really don't have a marquee win on the air. Yes, you could mention the Buffalo Bills, but I put an asterisk next to that because the Bills, I believe, were, met, were missing about 11 starters in that game. They were also playing on a short week. Bills had to play Monday night, then to play Sunday in what was 110 degrees in Miami and still almost lost. Did did we overrate the Packers? I'm not the Packers. Did we overvalue the Dolphins way too early, Robert? I don't know if it, perhaps yes. Look, early on they looked fantastic. It's just this roller coaster that we need to figure out where they're supposed to land. If we think that yeah, great, you start off really well. They had all these really incredible games with incredible individual performances offensively, but we knew that defensively there there was there was a missing piece. So, you know, they go out to make the big trade for Miller in the middle of the season. I don't know if there's going to be any kind of recourse right now. I mean, Allie, they're in very big danger of not making the playoffs yes. at eight and seven right now. And look at their point differential. They're eight and seven. The entire AFC East, including the Jets, have a positive point differential. The Dolphins are now negative five with now four games lost in a row. Wow. It, that was my next question was, should the Dolphins panic, Robert? Because you look at that 
stacked AFC. You have the Chargers right there, seven and eight. You, uh, the Ravens are obviously are going to be in it, but then even your own division, you have the Pat, the Patriots and the Jets both at seven and eight. Heck, the Titans and the Jaguars are seven, eight. One of those teams are going to win the division. One is still competing for a wild card. Now the Dolphins, their last two games, they have to play on the road at the Patriots this weekend, but then they host the Jets at home. If they lose one of these two games, do you think they miss the playoffs? <laughs> I do. I do. The magic is definitely there. And we take a look really quickly right now at the AFC status, right? So it's Buffalo and KC. We've been talking about them nonstop at the top. Uh, Bengals will probably, so right now, yeah, as we look at it this very minute, it's Buffalo uh, and then Kansas City. The Bengals, Jacksonville, welcome to the playoffs. Baltimore, Chargers, and Miami. Now, obviously, so much more can change. There's so many others right now that are lurking in the shadows. New England's still there. The Jets are there. Tennessee is there. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are still there. I mean, look, oh, yeah, wild, insane paths. I mean, look, they've got a three and seven conference record. Let's let's not kid ourselves anymore from, from, from that point of view. But there's still so much more that could change in just two short weeks. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. If you go back and I made sure I read this and then listened to part of our podcast when we were doing our AFC East preview, I wasn't high on the, the Dolphins at the beginning of the season. I thought that this could be a shit show season. I thought Tyreek Hill could get disgruntled. But my main concern was Tua. I didn't know. I don't know if Tua could step in. Now, he proved me wrong toward the middle of the season where he was playing phenomenal. But these last few games, Robert, his turnover rate is ridiculous. He had another three interceptions yesterday. What is Tua? Is he the guy that was in the MVP conversation in the middle of the season? Or have teams figured him out and they're exposing him right now? What do you think? I think, I think the teams have figured him out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he's really as confident as we let on in some of the earlier portions of the season where it takes a cycle to you know figure out just what a quarterback and what an offensive scheme is capable of and you know early on you know no one had any idea how to stop you you can't the speed was impossible right and so then they added more more building blocks to it who knows maybe adding you know, most or maybe adding Jeff Wilson was the wrong move, actually. Right. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, by distributing far more, that led to uh, maybe an inefficient offense. I don't know. But at this point, too late to figure out. You now have what you have. And December's just been an abomination for them. This team should not be eight and seven when your top two wide receivers are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I don't care. Imagine if Daniel Jones had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell instead of Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. Like, we would have be having a totally different conversation. I don't know why Tua really isn't getting enough criticism. I don't, I don't want to speculate too much more. But I think the Dolphins are losing these games because of Tua. Am I wrong, Robert? No, you're not. Uh, three interceptions yesterday. That's four in total. Uh, so where else do you point the finger? Uh, you know, these are dead drives. If, if they're if he's not throwing an interception there, that leads to field goals, touchdowns, and then a win. And then we're not having a discussion about Green Bay. The season's done uh, once again, but they keep resurrecting themselves. And here we are. I Look, and also let's stop with, you know, the, the Herbert and 
Tago Voilo. Yeah. We're done with that conversation as to who's the better quarterback. It's to me, it's it's always been Justin Herbert, and now we're just seeing this unfold. And obviously, you know, they've got their the Chargers have their game later tonight. But I, I honestly don't think that we have much room for for any more discussion as to which quarterback is better from that class. And then, real quick, Robert, before we move on, let's talk about the Packers one more time. How confident are you that they'll make the playoffs? Because right now. I'm looking at a win this week against the Vikings. And then, like you said, week 18 against the Lions. Packers already lost the Lions earlier in the year. I think the Packers win these next two games outright and they get there. I would say I'm about 90% confident Packers are going to be that final seed. What do you think? So once again, we've got a 12-3 and Vikings team on the road. They're going to be a dog, right? We installed them as, as a three-point dog. And actually, there's... Uh, more tickets and money trickling in on Green Bay than on Minnesota this very, very early in our Week 17 cycle. So that's that's one game that they're favored in. Uh, so assuming they get the win there, uh, we move on to Week 18. And right now I'm projecting Green Bay hosting Detroit. They're probably going to be a field goal favorite. Uh, so once again, uh, it's it's now in the hands of Green Bay. They'll, they'll need to win those both games and they'll need help. Uh, but, you know, us as bookmakers, we have them as installed as favorites down the stretch. Yeah, I, I, I think it's very good if you're a Packers fan. It's crazy how just a few weeks ago we were saying they were DOA and now they're right back in the hunt. All right. Well, those are the three games I wanted to highlight. They were the biggest, most important ones of the weekend. I know we could talk about the Jets and the Jaguars as well. But those are just, I feel like, two underperforming teams. Well, P- Jaguars are performing well, but their record says under otherwise. But these were the three big games I wanted to highlight. All right, well, let's get into our next segment. And as everyone knows, the day after Christmas is the biggest day for returns. A lot of people either got the wrong size shoes or the wrong size shirts. So I thought we'd do a little game, Robert, called Return, Receipt, and Refund. So I'm going to I'm gonna give you a team, Robert. And you need to tell me which players contract do these teams want to refund for? What offseason acquisition did they make and sign a, or sign a player to that they want to just return and get their money back? Are you ready? Okay, sounds great. Yes. All right. And we'll start with an easy one, but I, I think we should elaborate on it, given how bad this team played. Well, just got embarrassed yesterday. And that's the Denver Broncos. Who do they <laughs> want to refund for? Okay, yes, thank you. Thanks for setting this one up on a tee for me. This this one will be an easy one to blast over the wall. Oh, and we just have breaking news that the Broncos fire Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> wow, that that was timed perfectly. It's incredible. I, I I literally wrote Okay, let's let's see here. Who could I possibly, you know, <laughs> I, I put exclamation points on some some players and some performances. Mine, I put a yellow highlight over Russ Wilson. Uh again, this this guy is just it's uncanny what we saw there, but I said, hey, Ali, you know, I know it's not a player here, but can we add Nathaniel Hackett? Guess what? <laughs> here we are in real time. Uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Russell Wilson for me, and then I'm, and I wrote down, I want to add Nathaniel Hackett to that package deal. Well, they did. They they won't get a refund for Hackett. Uh, they're gonna have to be pl- paying him for the next few years. But yeah, Russell Wilson was terrible again. Three interceptions yesterday against a Rams defense that's been terrible all year. I just think that this is this was a mistake for Denver. I don't know what they're gonna do. They have such 
big money invested in Wilson, but I know if they could do it all over again, they would gladly take the refund. All right, next team, Robert. Who, which player or coach's contract does this team want to refund? And that is the New York Jets. <laughs> uh, Allie, you're you're definitely making Christmas easy for me. Let's let's see. Uh, let's review the 2021 NFL draft, shall we? Yep. Uh, Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. Yay! Congratulations, guys. You have your franchise quarterback. Uh, then the Jets take Zach Wilson, number two overall from BYU. San yeah. Francisco takes Trey Lance. Kyle Pitts goes next to Atlanta. Uh, young kid from LSU, Jamar Chase, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. Panay Sewell to the Lions. J.C. Horn to Carolina. They might, I don't know, he's, he's still having a good season. I don't know. I, I'm Patrick Sertain the second. Not too bad pick right there. Devonta Smith. Justin Fields at 11. Micah Parsons. Rashawn Slater. Vera Tucker. That offensive, so okay, so one could think that maybe their their second first round pick was better than their first. Yeah, Mac Jones, fifteenth overall to the New England Patriots. I don't know what draft was worse. Who did it worse? This or <laughs> or the Blair Thomas draft when it was just like multiple Hall of Famers going way back when in the time clock. I don't know. Look, sorry guys, um, I, I don't think that. Uh, we're going to have any problems, uh, you know, calling in for the postman to uh, bring Zach Wilson back. Yeah, I would even say that they want their refund on treating Sam Darnold. It, <laughs> was Darnold that bad that they drafted like an even worse entitled kid from Connecticut to to just come in and just ruin everything? Like I watched that disaster on Thursday night. I at least watched three quarters of it, and then I just gave up watching it because it was just terrible. But whoever, whatever scout told the Jets that Zach Wilson was the next real deal, he should be fired and never allowed to have any job associated with football again. I mean, the kid is is not good. I would love to see which team because he's got he's not going to be with the team next year. I would love to see which team is going to try to scoop him up on the pack the squad because that kid has just a bad attitude. I don't know. Uh, it, it was just a mess drafting him. I know the Jets really regret it, and it's a shame because if they did have a competent quarterback, and I'm not talking about Mike White, I think that they would be right up there at the top of the AFC East. All right, Robert, the next team. Which player or coach's contract do, do the Washington Commanders want to refund? Ah, okay. Let's let's go back to the very beginning. I think that there would have been a completely different version of the Commanders if we didn't see Carson Wentz crowned at the very very beginning of their preseason. You know that. Look, it, it, there's. I don't want to really point to yesterday, but. I mean, look, they, the Commanders had this 17-play drive, and then they ran, like, four plays inside the Niners' five-yard line. They didn't score a single point, right? So, <laughs> I mean, both – I mean, I guess the Commanders' defense is good in their own right. It's just a disparity in the offense, and I, I don't know. Maybe by putting all the chips into Carson Wentz so early, they, they thought that this was going to be the game plan. So, that that's the guy that that's probably looking to get a nice nice return receipt put on him. 
Yeah, I agree. You think of all the other options that Washington could have had. I mean, I'm not the biggest Taylor Heineke fan, but I think that at least the team rallies around him. Robert, who do you think we see start against the Browns? You think that they're going to start once again or bring back Heineke after he got benched the other night? Uh, there's no reason to. There's no reason to have Wentz back in there. Uh, there's none. He's he, they, they gave up on him. They, they know that they can't win. They need these wins. Right, Washington's still alive in some way as well. So go with what got you here. It's going to be, I think, Taylor Heineke the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree. Wentz came in. He had a nice drive for a touchdown, but the Niners' defense really wasn't playing them up to par at that point. The game was all the way over. All right, the next team, Robert, this is our team, the New York Giants. Which players' contracts do we want a refund for? Oh, the guy that's I, I thought was going to be the, the second coming out of Detroit. Uh, Kenny Galladay, out of here. <laughs> that's I my. I'm not even going to say anything else to expound on that because it's a, a that's a seventy two million dollar like waste of I don't even want to know. Oh, has <laughs> he, he caught a pass this season? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's gotten honestly this. I, I don't know how we've gotten ourselves into this position where there's just so much that hasn't performed. For the New York Giants, despite the eight and six record, uh, again, I'm I'm just so impressed by everything that's happened with them this year. But if if we look at, I mean, Galladay's just not lining up for anything. And honestly, what, you know, what has he done? It, it's he's got two targets in his last five games. <laughs> when I hear stuff like that, it makes me wonder why David Gettleman was our GM for as long as he was, because that was just terrible. And I'll I'll actually second drafting Kadarius Towney because that was a total waste. We traded with the Bears, the Bears they ju- they drafted Justin Fields, but like you said, Robert, we could have stayed at number eleven even if we didn't want Justin Fields. We could have had Micah Parsons, we could have had Rashawn Slater. We could have had Elijah Vera Tucker. We just, that, that was such a bad trade to make. Uh, it's just ridiculous. But we did wind up getting some good picks this year. So I'm not going to totally be upset. <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on to the final team, Robert. Which players' contracts do the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Rams want a refund? All right. Okay. Yes. This is the one that, again, in the preseason, I'm like, hey, this is going to be a great addition. This, this guy's going to make so many great catches. Uh, Allen Robinson, hello. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. It's crazy. And my fantasy team will prove that because I didn't win my league this year. But I was so high on Allen Robinson. He was just a disappointment all year. He actually had a chance to step up once Cooper Cup got hurt. He did not. Yes. He ended up getting hurt himself. So I think that Allen Robinson, any chance he had of establishing himself as a number one receiver is out the door. All right. Well, that is our return receipt and refund segment. We got one more segment to go, and that's the always popular buy or sell segment. Robert, you ready for this one? Yes, always. All right. First one, buy or sell. Joe Burrow will win the NFL MVP. Man, my, I don't know if your ears were burning, but when I was watching Minshew perform for the Eagles, I was just thinking, man, what is this doing to Hertz's MVP chances right now? Uh, and I can tell you right now, as I hit the reset button. Uh, so, okay, right. To circle back, Joe Burrow, uh, is he going to win the MVP? I, I'm going to sell, uh, despite him just being absolutely incredible this year. By the way, do you know, like, T. Higgins, I just realized this, T. Higgins is, like, 
six foot 13 inches tall yeah it's crazy it's i didn't know he was that tall i so didn't think what? that tall jeez <laughs> he could pull down anything on anybody and i'm not even even you know including jamar chase yet but look um i'm gonna put him second right now in mvp uh <laughs> now with two weeks to go patrick mahomes is award uh we saw this coming Hurts got caught, and it's through no fault of his own. He got hurt. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's uh, Mahomes is a big favorite right now. Burrow's second. You could probably find six to one in some places. I'm offering him at five and a half. Hurts uh, all the way back up to nine after being uh, minus 110 to win it just one week ago. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll sell it. Joe Burrow, he's right up there with Patrick Mahomes. They have almost similar numbers 37 touchdowns to 34 Mahomes to Burrow Mahomes has Burrow by a few couple hundred yards throwing I think that Joe Burrow honestly I would personally vote for him for MVP he did have to play without Jamar Chase a lot he did have to play without Joe Mixon for a few weeks as well and he still managed to get that team up and winning I I think one can argue that the Bengals might have had a tougher schedule than the Chiefs but you still got to give Patrick Mahomes credit. He is the best quarterback in the game. I don't think anyone would ever dispute that, even with Josh Allen there. So I agree. I think Patrick Mahomes will win the MVP. All right, next one, Robert. Buy or sell. Zach Wilson started the last game of his NFL career last Thursday. Ooh, God, um, I'm buying. I'm buying uh, with, with so much still on the line for the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, and I don't know. I mean, look, even with him being benched, the, the Jets still ended up picking up only 227 yards of offense. And I'm guessing half of that in a very short amount of time was done by uh, you know, backups, and, and it had nothing to do with, with Zach Wilson's performance. I, I don't think that if I'm absolutely desperate for a quarterback at this point, there's this – there's just so many other better options right now than Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I, I think we've seen everything that he can do. Uh, this is going to be one of those historically tragic high draft pick burnouts. I think he's completely bleached at this point, Allie. Yeah, I agree. I am going to buy. I don't think Zach Wilson will start another game. I don't see him as a backup next year. If anything, he's a third stringer on the practice squad. I think he didn't do himself any favors just showing his entitlement when he was on the podium. I think his attitude's going to end up costing him his career. All right, next one, Robert, buy or sell. The Tennessee Titans will miss the playoffs. Wow. Uh, all right, so Tennessee, and this is going to come down to week 18, isn't it? They're a massive dog at home to Dallas. Uh, I opened them up nine and a half. There's some places that want to go to 10 on Dallas. Uh, I, I, I want to stay at nine and a half as long as possible for a team that definitely needs wins right now. Uh, so big dog. I, I, I mean, look, I figured they could probably lose and still have a winner take all game uh, in week 18, but this is, this is not looking good for them. And, and so if I figure if I take a quick, quick, really quick peek into week 18, Tennessee will be at Jacksonville. They're going to be a dog in Jacksonville. They have to be. I'll probably say Jacksonville is going to be three at least. Yeah. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it too. I don't think Malik Willis looks like a franchise quarterback. 
I think if they had Ryan Tannehill, maybe they have an outside shot of defeating the Cowboys this week on a short week on Thursday night. Willis, they're definitely not doing that. I think the Jaguars will beat the Texans this week. Texans got their second one of the season, but they're ready to tank and get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. So I'm going to buy that one as well. All right, next one, Robert. Buy or sell? The Lions will lose to the Packers and Week 18, resulting in the Packers making the playoffs. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm buying this. I'm, I'm buying buy every share. Every share. <laughs> I And I'm a Lion homer. You know, from the beginning of the season, I thought they were underrated. I was harping how good they were. People laughed at me. They've made a run. But I think that this is the time where the magic just ends. That was a big, big loss for them on Saturday against the Panthers. I had picked the Panthers to cover. And I told you guys on the podcast last week that I always back the Lions. But that week I was picking the Panthers. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, for the Lions, they'll beat the Bears this weekend, but they're going to lose in Green Bay. Sorry, Lions fans. Oh, God. I mean, look, you're absolutely right, Allie. It's, look, they've got a glaring, glaring weakness, right? Detroit might be number four on offense, and they are, by the way, number four in the NFL on offense, but they are number 31 on defense, and that glaring weakness is going to be enough to bounce them out and put Green Bay in. Crazy. All right, final one, Robert. Buy or sell? Jimmy Garoppolo will start week one for the New England Patriots in 2023. Oh, my God. You saved. This is an absolute scalding, scalding take right here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is starting for an NFL franchise in week one. Yes, I'll buy that. New England, boy, this means this means Belichick saying to himself, yep, I'm wrong. You never should have left. <laughs> uh, so much randomness involved in this one. I mean, he could go, oh, he could go to so many spots, and and just for the fields. So if if so, it's basically saying the New England Patriots versus the field, which is the rest of the NFL teams. Too juicy a spot for the field here for me. I will I will sell starting week one for the New England Patriots. He is starting somewhere. I'm going to take the field, but I don't think it's going to be for the Patriots. So I'll, I can't wait to look back on this one, Allie. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there are plenty of other options. I think the Raiders going back to working with Josh McDaniels, it might be enticing for him. He'll get to go and have some great receivers, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I think New England, if he looks at that situation, they don't have the best receivers it's just way too cold there. I can't see him wanting to play there. He also has the Indianapolis Colts are a good option to consider. Washington even, you have some really good receivers there. I think that New England, as enticing it might be to go and work with Bill Belichick and bring the New England Patriots their first Super Bowl in the post-Tom Brady era, I think Jimmy's smart enough he'll go somewhere else. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Robert and I will be back on Wednesday to preview week 17. We're getting to crunch time here. I want to hope I hope everyone had a great Christmas again. And before we sign off, Robert, any last words for the audience? Uh, just again, so, so glad to be breaking down these games with you, Ali. It's been an incredible football season. Definitely tune in for our next episode because week 17 is going to be a doozy with some real massive massive playoff implications you'll see some really strange point spreads uh you know from the numbers i just put up about an hour ago 
uh, with, with some really, really good questions that we'll probably be bringing up as we take a look into all the games that are going to be coming up Thursday and then back to our full slate on Sunday. All right. Before we sign off, Robert, who do you got tonight with the Colts and the Chargers? All right. Yes. Yeah, so at this point, this game has moved in the Colts' favor. Uh, so at four and a half is what we opened it. 45 was the total. Now we're all the way down to three and a half. So if you could still find that four, uh, I sure do like the Colts here to, at the very least, cover the spread. I agree as well. And then I love the fact that the Colts will have to play the Giants on a short week. So I am rooting for the Colts tonight. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.